everyone and welcome to Girls Camp. It's me, your host, Haley Rawl. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing really well today. It's been a great day. This is a Sunday and I've been getting a lot of things done. I've been doing a lot of Girls Camp things, which always feels very fitting on a Sunday. And I actually just finished today editing this episode, which is an interview with Emily Kaiser. And I was laughing my ass off as I edited this episode. (laughs) Emily is so funny. She's so animated. She's so entertaining. I think that makes sense because she has a very large and loyal TikTok following who are just in love with her and her personality, and I am too. We have such a great conversation. Emily is the first person that I've interviewed on Girls Camp who came to the church later in life. So she actually converted to Mormonism as a 17-year-old. She found out about the church through friends and wanted to meet with missionaries, and she has now left the church. It was a really interesting experience to talk about. Her perspective is really, really interesting, and I think it's super valuable and super important. And it was so much fun to meet her and Brady and Trig and Wesley. Her dog, Wesley, even makes a little cameo appearance in this episode. You'll hear him chime in at one point, but we just had the best time, and I think you'll have the best time listening too. Let's do a teensy little campfire chat. What I wanted to say is that I have been dreading the change of seasons this year. I think it was because last winter in Utah was absolutely traumatizing. If you know, you know, and I've kind of just been dreading the cooler weather and the oncoming winter. However, I was listening the other day to the What We Said podcast, and they did this fall episode about all the good things about fall and fall recommendations and embracing the fall. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change my mindset on this. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to appreciate it and get excited about it. And it worked. I'm excited about it now. (laughs) The weather has been kind of cool and it's just felt cozy and fun. And it's felt really fun with the twins being this age. I've just started getting really excited about Halloween with the girls and going to corn bellies and all the fun, typical fall things. So thank you what we said. I am now a full fall girly. And, you know, that's the power, I guess, of a mindset shift. I just decided... May as well enjoy it because it's going to come anyway. The other thing I wanted to say is that the response to last week's episode with Amber was so incredible. It is very cool to, by proximity, see the adoration that people have for Amber and how inspiring she is to so many of us. And it was such a joy to be a part of her sharing her story about Mormonism and leaving Mormonism. And if you are new here and have found me through Amber, hello, welcome. So happy to have you. And I think there are some new faces, as the influencers say, around here at Girls Camp. And I love it. I'm so excited about it. Next week's episode, I am doing a Q&A episode where I kind of cover just a whole range of topics. But there's a lot of kind of get to know me questions in that episode. So if you're new and don't want to go back to the beginning where I share my story at the start of the podcast, stay tuned for that episode next week. 
As always, if you're here, if you're listening, I'm so grateful. I'm in love with you. You're the best. You're beautiful and perfect. And I'm so glad you're a camper. And on that note, here is today's interview with Emily Kaiser. Welcome, Emily, to Thank Girls you. Camp. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and letting me in your home. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is the coziest setup I've had for an interview. I'm so glad. And like, we're just hanging out cozy on your couch. It is comfy, and I feel like the fall vibes. Yes. Add to it. You have such great fall vibes in here. Thank you. You're a fall girly. I aren't am. You? Well, I love summer, but I love candles. Like, we always have a candle lit. And so, fall is just like September's our favorite month because it's like Brady's birthday. It's his mom's birthday. There's so many like things going on. It's just my stepmom's birthday. So, it's like there's so many things, and then it's fall. Yes. So, it's fun. Even so though it's, it's so technically fun. not fall yet, I don't think. But I whatever. Know. Uh, close enough. It's fallen in my head. Yes. I am so excited to talk to you about your story. Yay. I am excited for many reasons. One of them is that you are a convert. And I haven't talked with someone yet who is a convert. Who has oh, really? left the church. Yes. Okay, well. Which I think is super interesting. I have so many questions about that piece of your story specifically. I'm excited to hear what you have to ask yes. coming from someone who was also a part of the church. Yes. Because, yeah, I know there's so many similarities in experience, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's probably a lot of differences yeah. when it wasn't part of your upbringing. For sure. So you were raised here in Phoenix. Yes. And I want to hear about your relationship to religion, if religion was a part of your upbringing yeah. at all. So something I appreciate about my parents was like religion was very chill in our house. It was never like forced or anything like that. I grew up Lutheran. Technically, it was kind of like the type of family where like we only went to church on like Easter, Christmas. It was very chill. And my parents were like, if you want to go, you can go. Like my parents would go a little more often. My stepmom likes to go. Other than that, it wasn't really talked about that much. Mm. My stepdad grew up Catholic and his mom is actually very active in the Catholic church. I would hear about that, but religion was never something that was like forced on us. I remember I would like help at like vacation Bible school as a kid and like things like that at our church. It was more just like an activity for me to do. It was like a fun way to like take care of kids, do things like that. And honestly, I mostly went to church for like the snacks at the end. They always had like Costco muffins. Hell yeah. I'm not going to lie. And the wine (laughs) tasted really good at like the middle of the (laughs) service. Like they give like bread and wine. I'm like, yeah, you're like dunking that shit. Yeah, no, literally. (laughs) I remember when I did get, because like I think technically, I got baptized, like, as a kid or, like, mm. what are, what's it called? Like, uh, christened? Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. You go through, like, this, like, whole course or something. Like, I literally don't even remember what it was called. But I remember that when I went through that stage, I asked my dad, I was like, okay, does this mean? Because, like, technically when you do that in the, the Lutheran religion, mm-hmm. you're, like, committing to, like, going to church, basically, mm-hmm. and, like, whatever. It's not as on the depth of, like, Mormons yes. and, like, the LDS church, but you're kind of committing to that. And I remember looking at my dad and I was like dad does this mean that i have to like go to church every sunday and he was like yeah like you're making that commitment but you don't have to and i was like okay chill because i'm not going yeah. to like it w- it never felt like a huge deal no super serious, yeah yeah super literal and like we would say prayers on like thanksgiving and things like that like saying what we were grateful for of course but it was never like nightly prayers in our mm-hmm. house anything like that so. it sounds like you had kind of already a little bit of a diversity of religion if for you have sure. the catholicism from your stepdad did you say <laughs> And then the Lutheranism that you're also, like, part of. So you're probably already seeing, oh, there's lots of different religions and different people think differently and do this differently. For sure. That seems 
nice coming from a very homogenous religious setting like I did. <laughs> yeah, like when you're growing up with everyone just believing the exact same yeah. thing. It's like I didn't grow up with that. Like totally. everyone believed different things. Yes. And like religion was just never like a big part of my upbringing. Yes. Like, it's not something that I like think about when I think of my childhood. Yeah, so. yeah, that makes sense. What about the spirituality aspect of it? Did you ever feel spiritual do you remember having spiritual experiences as a kid or was that just not really as much no, a thing either no yeah interesting. like yeah no it wasn't until I joined the Mormon church uh-huh. that that was even something that was on my mind oh like the spirit is leading me to this or like mm. these feelings are from the spirit like mm. when I was a kid and like growing up those were not even things that I thought about God was not even really like something that I thought about yeah so. oh so interesting yeah okay so you Grew up in Phoenix. You are attending church occasionally, Mm -hmm. but it's not like a huge deal for you. Yeah, like literally once a year. When did Mormonism enter the picture for you? So I was, I want to say I was 17 or like about to turn 17, something like that. I'm a junior, a junior in high school. I think a lot of people assume on social media because I'm very outgoing that like I had a lot of friends in high school and things like that, but that was just like not the case. I was pretty quiet. I was very much like trying to fit in, didn't have a lot of friends. I did do dance and like palm. So because of those settings, I had like friends through that, but they were never really the people that I like hung out with outside. So I was just like desperately seeking like a friend group Mm. and I ended up becoming really good friends with two people that were a part of the Mormon church through that was kind of what opened the door set because I would ask them like, okay, like you guys want to hang out on Sunday? Because for me, I danced. I went to school and then danced until nine o'clock at night, like Monday through Saturday. So Sunday was like my day to like hang out with friends. That was never like a day of rest for me. That was like, Mm -hmm. let's go to the mall. Let's go do this. Like, let's go ride our bikes. Like, I don't know. And so then when I became friends with them, I was like, want to hang out on Sunday? And they're like, oh no, like we can't, whatever. And then on Mondays, they were like, oh, we have family home evening. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I was like, literally, <laughs> what evening. is going on? Yeah. Like my friends can never hang out. Through becoming close with them was how I like started to learn about the church. And what's funny is in Utah, that community is very prominent, obviously. Yes. That's all you hear about. That's like all you see. Yeah. And where I grew up in like the town that I was in, the Mormon community was very small. So I don't feel like until I was in it, I started to realize like, oh, they're Mormon. They're Mormon. Oh, they're like my neighbors are Mormon. Like, oh, interesting. Like literally neighbors in my mom's neighborhood, like tons of them are Mormon. And I had no idea until I literally joined the ward. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah. I don't know. I would imagine it would come up or something, but and maybe it just didn't come up. We would get some missionaries to our door, like mm. not at my dad's house though like literally i do not remember that once but at my mom's house we would get them but since my son has catholic he's and he's just very like dude i respect what you're doing but like no he's not so gonna anytime play, play would come to the door he'd be like we're not interested no soliciting would literally just like close the door nicely mm-hmm. um so like i just didn't really like i think maybe a couple times he was like oh it was missionaries but i was literally like what are those yeah like literally what are those yeah i had no idea you just don't see it or notice it until you notice it right and it's crazy because after i joined i did have like core memory unlocked i remember i don't know where we were visiting i can't quite remember what state we were in but we actually visited a temple me my stepdad my stepmom my sisters and i remember people were coming up to you with like the pamphlets yeah and my stepmom and dad were like don't take those so we were just there to look like look at a pretty building uh-huh i did like remember that and i was like oh my gosh that's like so funny now that i've yeah it became that. a huge part of your life yeah before it was you just don't notice it just in the you same don't way. notice it okay so these friends of yours they were mormon 
did they introduce the church to you? Did you come to it through them? How did you end up really digging into what Mormonism was? So one of my best friends, I'm still like so close. I'm still so close with one of them. The other one, like I still talk to him. He lives in a different state and like, yeah, her brother ended up getting his mission call in high school, classic. And so she was like, do you want to come to his mission call? Because by then we were like, pretty close i'm not gonna lie i kind of thought he was cute but there was nothing that was gonna happen there like she was my best friend but yeah why not yeah so i was like sure i'll like come to the mission call of me like whatever this is and i almost didn't go and it's funny because i'm gonna like bounce around a little bit but, like do. it's funny because i remember i was laying in my bed that night and my dad was like what are you doing tonight and i was like i think i'm gonna go to so-and-so's mission call opening and he was like okay like and I was like, oh, but I don't know if I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going to go. So, like, I di- didn't end up, like, wanting to go, but then I went. And when I joined the church, I was like, that was the spirit pushing me to go mm-hmm. to his mission call. I mean, I'm not laughing because it's, like, silly, but now I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, you see I get, it differently. You yeah. s- I see it differently. Like, I don't see it as that. Whereas when I joined, I was like, that was the spirit giving me an an inkling to go yeah. and, like, telling me, like, go, Emily. Trying to get me there. Yeah, so I did go, and it was great. Whatever, he got called on his mission. I just think that because I was at that stage in my life where I like didn't have a lot of friends and didn't really have a community I think anybody who grows up with divorced parents like I do think that that plays a role in like the loneliness that I kind of had I didn't have a great relationship with like my stepsisters family life was a little weird like I don't really talk about it and I don't think I'll ever really get into it but just like it was a weird dynamic growing up and so I think I like craved like because the Mormon church is very family oriented or so it seems usually Yeah. yeah and so going to that call opening and seeing like their family come together and everyone was so supportive I was like I want this I want this community I want to be a part of something more and so it was like the community and I feel like that's very much what they I don't want to say push it's a selling point for sure like you will be welcomed you will be loved and I was I was and so after I left that mission call opening I was like wow I really want to learn more about the Mormon church and again I was like that was the spirit telling me so I literally went home that night and like looked up and this is what's so crazy is all the missionaries like when I started taking lessons called me like the golden convert because I went home that night and like looked up the book of Mormon on Google and like started reading it you just started reading yeah and and that's kind of my personality I have very like a go getter like if I set my mind to something I'm gonna start doing it and like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but like I'm gonna try I just went home and and was like I want to learn more about this so I like started reading the book of Mormon wow yeah so from that mission call opening you kind of took the initiative for yourself. Sure. so it yeah. wasn't really your friends saying hey you should no read this, they were or... never pushy about it okay ever. that's cool like ever that's cool yeah I think that community family oriented aspect is so interesting. I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day. He moved to Utah. He's never Mormon. And he was talking about a family that has kind of taken him in in Utah and they're Mormon. And he was talking to me about how meaningful that's been for him. And he'll go to these Sunday dinners and everybody's together and they do these family activities. It was interesting as he was talking about it because... I have obviously my own perspectives and opinions and biases about Mormonism now, but I was thinking for the people that it works for and for the families that it works for, which there's a lot of factors that go into how and why it can work for people that we could talk about, but it can work really well. And I think what you were noticing as a 17-year-old, you know, as a child of divorce, which I was a child of divorce as well. I'm like sisters. Yeah. Children (laughs) of divorce. drama. (laughs) Trauma bonding. (laughs) Literally. Seriously, but you see, oh, there's this thriving 
community that's really centered around family that can be super that, like, appealing. you don't have. That was not my family at all. My parents would agree with that. So I'm like, mom, if you're watching this, yes. I know you will be. <laughs> she knows. My families were very separate. I had different relationships with both sides. My time was split equally going from house to house. Like I craved that family aspect so much. And that's something that I like don't go into detail a ton. I don't really talk about it yeah. a ton on social yeah. media. That was 100% something that drew me to the religion. I think it was just literally loneliness, wanting community, wanting friends, wanting to feel like I had almost a normal family is as sad as totally. that sounds even though I have an amazing family no, I totally get it I think that makes so much sense it's interesting because I do think Mormonism sells that and again it does do that in a lot of circumstances it can do that but obviously there are all sorts of families within Mormonism oh for sure which you, know? you don't see when you're on the outside so to me every family was and now like when I say this I laugh every family was wealthy they were doing really well financially. And I was like, I want that for my future. Every family was happy. Every family had like a really great marriage. And they were just like together. They just had like a good life. That is what I saw from the outside. And yeah. I was like, I want that. That's that exactly what I so want. That's like literally the dream. That's fascinating too because, you know, for me growing up in Utah, because everyone was Mormon, it almost shatters that facade a little earlier. There were good Mormon families that were the picture-perfect Mormon family, but For there sure. was also tons of Mormon families that were not that way. Yes. So you kind of already saw that. But I've heard the same sentiment, sentiment from people in Arizona or in California where the Mormons kind of stick out in this way that you're describing and they seem different from other people for these reasons. Well, and even my dad was always like, yeah, it seems like Mormons are always like successful in their careers. We would go to Utah every year to go skiing with mm. me, my dad, and my sister Megan. That was always our thing. And we would go to Utah and my dad was, would always talk about Mormons because he and his line of work would know a lot of people who worked in Utah and like things like that. And he would practice sometimes in Utah and so he knew about the Mormon religion a little bit mm -hmm. but he would always be like yeah they're just so like fit and active and healthy and like uh successful and career driven and family oriented like along with other things obviously my dad has other opinions but totally. that's kind of like the outside totally you see. yeah which is really interesting to hear from your perspective that's a huge draw yeah it makes so much sense yeah Okay, so you read the Book of Mormon on Google, which mm -hmm. is kind of badass. You just looked up the Book of Mormon and started yeah. reading it on Google. I also yeah, can't it's imagine fucking crazy. Like I, I came back and I'm like, girl, you could have read anything else, <laughs> yeah. and you were just like, let me go look up the Book of Mormon. Well, I feel like the Book of Mormon would just feel. I mean, obviously, if you have any, you know, it's scriptural, so it's going to sound kind of similar. But the yeah. Book of Mormon is strange. Immediately, strange. right off the bat, you're probably like, Nephi, there's weird words. It's, no. And it's I not going to feel familiar. I, throughout my journey of being Mormon, I read the Book of Mormon through like three times. Wow. And I will confidently say that I don't even know how much I took away from it. But I was always like, the spirit is like so present in me right now as I'm reading it. And I'll just like keep reading. Mm -hmm. But like what I took away from it. Literally, I have no idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. Okay. So you are reading the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Did you reach out to missionaries? How did you end up going from that point to actually joining the church? It's crazy because this feels like a past life. So like talking about the story, oh, I'm like, I'm what sure. did happen? I'm sure. Like, I think, so I started reading it and then got multiple chapters in, went to 
my friends first, I think. And I was like, hey, I want to meet with missionaries. And literally, I kid you not, they were like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> like even they were like, are you sure? Through my whole journey of getting baptized, one of my friends was like, if you don't have to do this, why are you doing it? Because interesting that person like i just don't want to say names but that person basically grew up in a family where it was very much like forced on them and so from my perspective i was like no like you have this blessing like this family that's like together and oriented and like whatever like why do you not like that i want that Mm -hmm. and like to him he was like babes you don't have to do this Uh uh-huh he was like are you really sure i went to them and was like i think i want to take start taking missionary discussions how do i get started and then like my mom always cracks up when i tell a story but i like went to my mom one night when i was at her house i was like in my room reading it she comes home from work my sweet mother the second she steps out of the car i'm like mom i think i want to become mormon and my mom is looking at me emily we'll talk about this later what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, I've had a long day, sweetheart. She's what like, are you what talking are you going about? on about? But me being Mormon. like the pusher, go getter that I was, I was like, no, like I'm gonna make this happen. After that, I was like, I'm serious. Like, why do you think this is funny? Like, I'm being serious. Like, I was like genuinely hurt because mm. this was like such a serious. It is serious. It's a whole religion. So I don't want to like have yeah. people take no, that no, and no, be like, but I um, it is saying. serious. It was serious it is. to you. But it was yeah. serious to me, whereas to my mom, she was like, what is this new idea that you're having that you're like thinking this is going to be your life? Like, no. So she didn't take me seriously It may first. have seemed like a phase yeah. or, okay, your friends are doing it. Yeah. And, and then you wanted from, to show, no, I'm serious. Yes. Yeah. And then from there, I did show I was serious because I literally every week met with the missionaries at my friend's house. I think it was on like Tuesdays or something. And I like started taking discussions. So... Wow. Yeah. Do you remember in the course of taking discussions as a 17-year-old, as you're learning about this stuff, did anything stick with you? Did anything stand out? Because I was so young and because I was looking at the way I try to explain it to people is like, and I feel like you'll understand it if you're in it and then other people will be like, no. But at the end of the day, I was young. I was in high school. I was 17. So to me, I was looking at the overall picture. And I feel like that was me for years. I was looking at the overall picture of family, heaven, a relationship with God, friends, a community. I wasn't looking at all the inside stuff that's like also very serious that it wasn't until I got older and I started forming my own opinions on things, just so many different subjects that I was like, wait, that's kind of like, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. So when I was taking these discussions and they were saying, you have to do this. You have to give up this. You have to, you can't do drugs, alcohol, whatever. I was like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Like, sign me up. Here's my card. Because I want this outcome. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I was like, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Because at that point in your life, like, really doesn't affect you that much. I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. Totally. I'm not going to teach anyone this. I'm only taking care of myself. So, like, I don't, I'm fine with not drinking. I'm fine with not doing drugs. I'm fine with going to church every Sunday and, yeah. like, following these things. I'm fine with being abstinent. I had, like, kissed a couple boys, hooked up with a couple boys, but I was like, I don't really care. Oh, this is so interesting because I'm thinking about the power of perception mm-hmm. and how I had a perception of Mormonism growing up in it. I don't know. I feel like people maybe would think, okay, coming from outside of the religion, it might give you more opportunity to see, oh, this feels different or that feels weird or hell no, I'm not going to stop drinking coffee. Why would I do that? Yeah. But your perception of this thing was this really good, beneficial thing. And because it seems like you're a determined person who knows what you want yeah. and you want to get what yeah. you want. I'm very you're much just like, of course, my parents will say I'm very hard headed. I want to also say like, I don't 
regret joining the church. I can confidently say that I don't because it led me to so many, it led me to my husband, it led me to my son, it led me to Utah where I got experiences that I would have never had because I would have stayed in Arizona for college. My life would be on a totally different path. And even my parents can say like, I got in trouble a lot as a kid. I partied, threw a party at my mom's house, like literally right before I became Mormon, got in so much trouble, was grounded. I crashed a car. Like I was just like not a good, like a great kid. Mm. And so for my parents, as much as this was like so fucking whack to them and they were like, literally what is happening at the same time, they were like, she's doing really well. I was kind of maturing while I was young. My parents will always say they're like, you did become such a good, like, not that I wasn't a good person, but they were like, you did change into such like a different person that we were like, so like, wow, it forced me to almost like grow up a little bit. Yeah, like it grounded you, which I still feel that way. Also, just like with this job and things like that life is not realistic for a 24 year old the life that I'm living Mm. but people always be like I want to be just like you when I'm older and I'm like I was like almost like forced to grow up because of that like path that I chose which I'm not blaming that on like religion per se I would not be I would not be like this if I had not joined the Mormon church yeah I would literally I don't know what I would be doing but it would be this yeah it guided all of your life decisions that have led you to and not because I don't want it like I love my life just I know my life would look differently because I wouldn't even have these options I always wanted to be married young I always wanted to be a mom so I I do also feel like that's something that drove me to the religion was I was like this is always what I've wanted like I always told my mom I was like I want to be which is so funny to me because I'm almost 25 I was like I want to be done having kids by the time I'm 24 this is like me not even being Mormon. I'm also looking at me and just like, what? That's like always what I wanted to do. So that's also something that drove me to it. Oh, it was yeah. like, this is always what I wanted. I just yeah. did not know how I was going to get there. If I had like not become Mormon, like girl, no. How that, did you think that that was going to happen? It, seriously, that would not be likely yeah. to have happened. Yeah. In it outside of the Mormon culture. Yeah. I was talking to JC, JC Smith. Literally loved her episode. She's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. She's absolutely I texted incredible. her and was like, this episode is so good. I love hearing you talk <gasps> about this more. Oh, I do too. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about this juxtaposition of someone like JC. And I feel like I felt similarly where we grew up in Mormonism and we wanted to be different. Yes. And you grew up outside of Mormonism. And I wanted to be different. Yes. I wanted that. But the Mormonism was a different thing where for us we were in Mormonism so the different thing was anything else. Yeah you're like I want to party. I want to have freedom. And that's exactly how my friends were. They were mm. like girl. Yes. If you don't have to don't. Yeah. I wish I could be doing what you were doing. If you don't totally. have to go to church every Sunday for three hours don't. Totally. Like, now it's two hours I think. But yeah. Anyways like they were literally like girl. But, but for I, you, it was different. Yeah. And it was something that, I mean, it doesn't sound like being different necessarily was your motivation, but... No, my motivation was like having a purpose. It was having a community and a purpose. And I feel like that's what Mormonism gave me was like an end goal. I don't even want to explain it because I remember telling this to the missionaries. I like was crying and which I, again, I like was like, that was the spirit speaking to me. Maybe it was. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm like, I was crying and I was like, I just finally feel like my life has a purpose because growing up with like religion kind of faintly being there I was like what happens when I die where do I go do I just go in this like black hole in the sky do I just sit in the ground in a box like literally do I get cremated like what like and I know that sounds so silly to probably some people living like who cares but like to me I was just like so like obsessed with this like what is my purpose like what am I doing here and so when that's the opening lesson in a missionary discussion of the three questions I think it's three questions I don't know who am I where am I from and where am I going? I'm not a missionary. I don't know if those are questions. Th- that was like, oh, this is things that I've been wondering. So then those answers the, got given yeah, to me and I was like, answers. oh, this is it. Like, once again, 
sign me up. Like, I have a purpose and I like know what I'm doing now. Totally. I wonder if in some ways, and we'll get into, you know, what led you to leave the religion and how that felt. But I wonder if in some ways you a little bit had maybe the best of both worlds in the sense that you grew up without the religion you kind of found the religion in a time of life that kind of grounded you and guided you in a certain way. And then you were able to step away from it, which I'm yeah. not saying any of that was easy or without its stuff. You no. know? Yeah. But I do think maybe there's something to be said of that, because for me and my friends who grew up Mormon, we say to each other all the time. Yes, we have major issues with our Mormon upbringing. However, it led us to where we are today, which is young parents, got married young, again, which can come with its own stuff. For but sure. But it's our life, yeah. and we love our lives, yes, exactly. and our lives would be different. And so, which, But of course they're going to be different. I feel like sometimes people will take that and spin that and be like, so you regret it. Mm. And it's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, duh, my life would look different. I wouldn't be engaged at 19. I'd be partying in college. Like, of course my life would look different. That doesn't mean that I don't love my life. I still would not trade this life. Which is a really interesting thing when it's kind of come into your life at this really pivotal time from 17 to when you left. Such a pivotal time. Such a pivotal time, guiding really big life decisions. That's a really interesting thing to hear because for me, looking back on my upbringing, that's one thing that I'm actually really grateful for, that I wasn't drinking and doing drugs at that time. I wish there wasn't so much shame around it. For sure. For me, however... I do think that I benefited in so many ways from that too. So it's a really interesting kind of complicated situation. And especially for you, when you come to it without having maybe some of the baggage that comes from being raised as a child. And I 100% agree with that. Like I've talked to so many friends about this and said like, I truly do have like the best of both worlds because I had talked to other converts when I was going through my experience because I obviously did have some backlash. I got made fun of at school. Like, I literally got bullied for, like, becoming Mormon. So that was something that was really hard for me. I was so passionate about something, and then kids were making fun of me at my high school. And when you're in high school, or you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. leave me alone. Like, oh, I'm literally, totally. like, already having a hard time in high school, totally. and now people are making fun of me for, like, joining a religion, which I get it. But people were like, I'm sorry, Emily was, like, partying last year, and now she's Mormon. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like... Hey, what's up? Hello. Like, (laughs) you want to come to my baptism? (laughs) But I did have the best of both worlds because my parents were, which I'm so lucky for this. Like, I will always give my parents, like, the utmost credit for this. My parents were so accepting of what I was doing, even though it was hard for them, like, in the way of they were just kind of confused on, like, why I wanted to do it. They did see the pluses in it and, like, the ways it helped me grow up and shape me. They were just so accepting and loving. And I know so many converts who didn't have that experience with their parents. It was, like, literally, like, we will not talk to you. My parents were, like, so loving, so accepting. Of course, it came with, like, getting made fun of. Like, sometimes my sisters would, like, joke with me, make fun of me or, like, whatever. But a lot of it was just, like, they were just curious. Like, they had a lot of questions and, like, they weren't necessarily judgmental but yeah like then when it came to leaving I had that support system to fall back on that like Brady and I are literally so grateful for because I cannot imagine what it's like leaving when both sides are very Mormon very like you are making the wrong decision whereas my family was like we will love you no matter what yeah like yeah which Brady's family is the same but they definitely had a harder time with totally it because yeah. that's their whole lives and so that's totally. completely understandable Totally. So you almost had the benefit, too, of when you chose to step away. There wasn't that same pressure from family. For sure. Like, it was still super hard. So first off, when we left, 
which is a whole other thing. So I don't know if you even want to get yeah. into the leaving yet. Yes. I'm like, so let me know if you want me to stop talking. <laughs> I literally talk so much. When we left, I think a lot of people assume, which I think this is so unfair to converts, that it was because of me. A lot of people assumed that. They assumed that like I was basically the weak link in the marriage. Whereas it was completely the opposite. I wanted to get endowed early before we got married. Like I was wearing my garments. I was following all of the rules. That's like me to my core. And I think that was also what made joining so easy. I'm just like a rule follower in general. That's just how I am. Everything was like, this is what I do. This It's laid out for us. It's easy, guys. Like, just why is it so hard for you? Yeah. Like, I was like, they're literally telling us what to do. <laughs> just do it. So, yeah. No, literally. <laughs> so, like, when I met Brady and Brady, like, wasn't wearing his garment sometimes, things like that. I'm like, sorry, babe. I'm outing you right now. He doesn't care. But, like. You were garment policing Brady. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I was. I was the fucking garment police. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, shit. I was so annoying. But I would literally go to him and be like, why are you not wearing your garments? And he was like, babe, these are from my mission. They're so old. That was his excuse because he didn't want to wear them because he was struggling with his faith. Uh-huh. He was like, they're just so old. And I was like, fine. Went to Deseret, spent like $100 on new garments, just brought them bunch home. Of fresh garments. We literally ended up leaving like a week later. I'm like, can I get a refund? <laughs> All those new garments gone to waste. <laughs> Completely opened, like worn. But, but yeah, people assume that because I was the convert, I was like the weak link. Whereas it was completely the opposite. I was very, for the time that I was Mormon, I was extremely strong in my faith. Anybody who followed me during that time, not that this shapes like who a good Mormon is. I was getting up, bearing my testimony on fast Sundays. I was reading my scriptures. I was praying every night. I was doing all the things that you were supposed to do. Yeah. So that I could be worthy to like get married in the temple and that's not to say that we didn't mess up or like things happen that like threw me off whereas for Brady like he had been going through this his whole life and and this is where I do understand like for people who've gone through it their entire lives where they're just kind of like okay we're ready to experience something new I had that privilege where like I went my whole life experiencing the other side Mm -hmm. and so I was like this now is what I want for Brady he was ready to experiment and I wasn't. It was definitely me that was like, I want to stay. And Brady was like, I have questions. How oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the phase that you were full Mormon. Okay, you joined when you were 17. Mm-hmm. You got engaged when you were 19 yes. to Brady. Moved to Utah in the time in between. Like, okay. So I converted when I was 17. My whole senior year, I was Mormon, LDS. Then moved to Utah for Went college. to Utah with the rest of then them for college. Yeah. And then yeah. met Brady pretty mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Yeah. So what was Mormonism like for you and maybe for you and Brady when you met? Because that was pretty soon after converting. It sounds like you were full in doing all the things. I mean, I just have memories of going to church with my roommates. Pretty much from like the moment I joined, I was going to conference. I was always getting tickets to conference and going to that. That was just kind of like my college memories. Did you like it? Did you feel connected to it? Yeah, like that was... That was, like, what I thought I was meant to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was my life at that time. And you're probably, at that time, because you're in Utah, everyone around you now exactly. is doing it, too. And, and when you're around that, I feel like if I wasn't around that, it would have been, like, I probably, I don't want to say I would have left sooner because I was really strong in, like, the faith. I had a very strong testimony, I feel like, and that was at the time, like, I was very much like, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe this, I just don't understand. Mm. You were just all in. Yeah, I was all in. You were the golden yeah. convert. Those missioners yeah. were probably like, hell yeah. My trophy. <laughs> Honestly. 
Honestly. Yeah. Okay, so you marry Brady. Let's talk about your kind of alluding to this, but the beginning of the end, what Mm -hmm. started? When did things start shifting? Was Brady already wondering about things when you met? When did things start shifting and what did that look and feel like? When Brady and I had met, and this is going to sound so silly saying it now because I'm just like, this is not how I am now. I literally wouldn't care. But when I was very cut and dry Mormon, when I met Brady and so we meet, we start dating I noticed pretty soon that he doesn't really want to go to church. He's not really like wanting to read his scriptures, whatever. I pretty early on was like, if this is like what you won't do, then like I can't be with you. Very point blank told him like, I won't date you if you're not like basically perfectly Mormon. But thank God I married Brady because I think about now, like if I had married someone who was super and then I was going through this exact same situation, I could have such a completely different outcome yeah absolutely. like i know couples who get divorced over this absolutely. like their yeah. literal marriage breaks up and brady had literally talked to people who they were like that's so cool that you and your wife are sticking together and like going through this together which i'm so grateful for because they were like like me and my wife are like not doing well just and can't like, that's do just it so sad anyways like brady and i get married i noticed pretty early on that like he's not really wanting to do some of these things but i was like whatever and it was like chill like kind of chill things like he didn't really want to read scriptures he was like um i'm fine like i have a testament i don't need to read my scriptures every night like you can do your own thing which is true so i was like okay like cool i'll just do my own thing everyone does things differently like sleeping in on sundays like just like the like classic like Mm -hmm. just didn't want to go and obviously like there were things brady would go on like camping trips with his friends that were like not really mormon and i know he would drink and things like that but he was and this makes me sad but because i was so cut and dry he was so scared of me to find out because he literally thought that I would, like, leave him. Yeah. And it so, feels that way. Yeah. yeah. And so he was, like, so scared of, like, letting me down almost. Mm. And so for the first year of our marriage, I feel like that's kind of what it was like. Brady almost felt like he was having to battle two different, mm. like, what do I do? Getting pregnant with Trig was, like, our turning point. I got pregnant pretty like i remember it's so funny because we both will say this is like what happened was we were out of breakfast in st george because at this time we lived in st george which it's interesting because brady's parents live in st george and they're very active in the church of course the turning point happened when we were like around like really (laughs) close to family but we were like out at breakfast and brady ordered a coffee which to anybody this would be like that's not a big deal but to me i was like (gasps) oh that's a huge deal what the fuck is that and that cup he ordered it and i looked at him and was just like what's that i literally said are we drinking coffee now that like brady quotes me i want to make a t-shirt i want to make a t-shirt that says are we drinking coffee now literally look i look at him and i go so are we drinking coffee now in the sassiest tone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's like yeah because he just wanted to see it and i go okay can i have a sip (laughs) so then i was like can i try it and i was like it's not that bad so then that was kind of like and that sounds so silly that that's like what but that's no, those what are i kind of feel points. like broke the ice for us between that disconnect of i was like oh okay so you really are kind of wanting to experiment with things and it sounds so silly because it's coffee it's not like freaking weed or mm-hmm, like whatever mm-hmm. but that was something that then we went home that day and i was like okay i think we need to kind of start talking about this because before that i was like because i forgot to mention this before that i was newly pregnant and i was going to church alone every sunday because brady didn't want to go and that was like a short stage but i remember going and i was just like like the last time i went to church this is literally the last time i went i was pregnant i went alone I'm like, I was wearing a pink free people dress. I'm like, let's set the scene. I'm like, um, will you drop the link? But, but I went and I just remember sitting there and I was like, okay, I'm here without my husband. This is 
just such a weird situation. I feel kind of lonely. I think it was on a fast Sunday too. And I was like, do I even believe this anymore? Do I even like want to be a part of this anymore? Especially if I'm like not even with my husband on this. I don't know. Like it was just kind of a turning point for me too. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's why when we went to breakfast and like, but I also didn't allow myself because I think this is something that's so important to talk about is when you're in the religion, those thoughts are told that they're coming from Satan. So anytime I had those thoughts, I was like, I'm not doing something good enough. I'm not reading my scriptures enough. I'm not praying enough. Why are these thoughts creeping in of doubt? Mm. I just kept thinking that I just just keep pushing Brady more. Wear your garments. Do your thing. Like, because you're not doing those things, that's why you're struggling. Whereas for Brady, he's like, no, I have just, I've gone on the mission. I've done the things. I've just been in this life for so long that I'm, like, ready to live my life, like, experience things that he hadn't gotten to. Yeah. But I think that that's why when we finally went to breakfast, I was like, so are we drinking coffee now? I was like, oh. Okay, fine. Okay, cool. So we're, like, kind of on the same page. Like, now we can talk about it. Interesting. Open this door. Yeah. Yeah. You had already kind of mentally been opening up to that yeah. possibility. Sorry, guys. All these explanations are, like, so long. I but, love it. That's exactly but, what we're here for. Yeah. I love that coffee moment because if, like, you know, if you know, you know. That's a real thing. And those are the moments, even though they seem so small. So minuscule. Where things shift really drastically. Oh, you're drinking coffee now. Yeah. Whereas that was like literally a no-no. Yeah. That that's a like, huge deal. I kid you not. I was so cut and dry with these things. Like when I saw another member drinking coffee and I hate this about myself, like how I was, I was like, oh, they must not have a strong testimony. Yeah. They must be struggling. Like yeah. they couldn't just fucking enjoy their coffee. Yeah, like, or I just like the taste of coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not a big deal. Like, my mother-in-law literally loves to taste coffee. She doesn't drink coffee, but she drinks Pero, it's called. Uh uh And she, like, loves it. She's, like, obsessed with the smell of coffee. Uh My sister Megan, like, maybe some of you know her from, she makes some TikToks sometimes. Mm. She's hilarious. But she, like, literally will bring her French press everywhere she goes in her suitcase. And so she goes over to, like, my in-law's house, and she's got, like, her French press in the morning. I remember she told me, she was like, our mother-in-law was like oh, I just love the smell of coffee. And Megan was like, you can have some if you want. And she's like, no, it's okay. Makes her Pero. I'm like, I love her. (laughs) Honestly, kind of sweet. So sweet. Okay, so the coffee thing happens. How would you characterize your leaving? Did it just kind of slowly unravel from there? Was there a final straw for you? Because you said you didn't go back to church after that. Was there a significant moment or did you just kind of It was kind of slow after that. It was like, so... We went home that day and Brady and I started having the conversation about, okay, so like where do we go from here? Because I also then remembered I had another pivotal moment where I was taking a shower. It was like shower thoughts. Always. And I'm like taking the shower and I'm like thinking about my future. I'm pregnant at that moment and I'm like, what do I want to like teach my kid? Do I believe this so strongly that I feel like I can like literally because they always say like even in school you know it if you can teach it to someone else like Mm. that's how you really know if you know something is if you can teach it to someone else and they may help them understand it and for me I was like I don't know if I can genuinely teach all of these things to someone and feel like I genuinely understand I genuinely believe it and I'm talking about all the things not just the where am I from where am I going why am I here all of the questions that people are going to have about the religion and so that's when I felt like I was kind of like but once again I was like this is Satan the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. like why are you in my head Mm -hmm. and so I just like kind of blocked it out but when we got home from that that breakfast trip I was laying in our bed and I was like I feel like we kind of need to start talking about this what are we doing because we have nine months until a kid's here and then and I don't want to be going through this once we have a kid I want to be past this so Mm -hmm. like either we're in or we're out yeah and so that was the turning point for us was getting pregnant kind of figuring out and then from there it was it was kind of slow 
we started drinking coffee and then I remember it was like really hard for me to like stop wearing my garments because they almost start to feel like a piece of you. You feel naked without them. Yeah. Which almost like unprotected. <laughs> when, oh my God. When JC talked about this, I was fucking dying. I text. This is actually why I text her. The amount of yeast infections that those gave me. Oh, people tried yeah. to tell me. They were like, no, I don't think it's your garments. I'm like, um, my vagina is not just broken. No, it's be and my sister's a nurse, and I would call her, and Megan's like, bitch, it's because your vagina is suffocating in those. It's they so need it needs to breathe. But yeah. I was sleeping in them. I was wearing them all day because that's what I felt like I had to do. Yeah, I wasn't wearing them to the gym or anything. But I'm like, I was Even wearing still. them so often that Even like still, that baby was always covered. She was like, <gasps> when I like stopped wearing them. Such, so, so bad for vaginal health. But I remember so Daisy bad. said that and I texted her. I was like, girl. You're like, me too. Relatable. Me well, then too. you take them off and me then too. you never have a yeast infection again. And no, like, literally oh, okay. have maybe had one since then. Yep. I'm like, okay, so this is normal. Like yep. after pregnancy, like whatever. Yes. But yeah, like I remember that was really hard was not wearing my garments. I remember telling Brady, I was like, people are going to know. I look back at pregnancy photos and I'm just like, literally, who was she? Because I was struggling so hard with who I was. And, and then that's what's so funny that leads into like the start of my TikTok journey is I I still feel like I didn't know who I was so people will always be like you changed you look different now you whatever I'm like I literally don't recognize her I was so confused even when I had trig I stopped wearing my garments we started drinking coffee we just started slowly taking steps and at first we thought okay we're just gonna kind of like pick and choose what they would call it buffet mm-hmm. buffet style mm-hmm. Mormonism mm-hmm. is what I think they like to call mm-hmm. it in conference or something where they were cafeteria. like you can't do the cafeteria yes. style yes and yes, we yes. were like yes we can so we were like, we're, we're going to cafeteria it. style it. Like, fuck it. We're just going to do what we want and what feels good. Because at that time, we were like, we still do believe some of the principles. But just slowly and slowly, I feel like we started to just be like, nope, not for us anymore. And this is not to bash it for other people. Just for us personally, we were just like, this is just not what we want. Yeah. And then after that, it was quick. It was like, we're done. So were you on TikTok when you left? Was there any social pressures? Do you feel like people were noticing that way? Or was that all before? When I started TikTok, once again, I was still newly not Mormon. Because Trig was pretty young. Like If you look back at my old TikToks, like he's a baby. He's mm. not a newborn, but he's a baby. Mm. So at that phase, I was still... And then, then I'm trying to find my style postpartum. No garments, like whatever. I, literally all my closet is like my old clothes. So I start TikTok and... At that point, Brady and I are like, we know we're, we don't want to be a part of it anymore. But I still feel like we were kind of having to tell friends and family that we didn't really want to anymore. At that point, it was still kind of like an elephant in the room. And people will remember if they've watched like me since the beginning, like in my TikTok vlogs, I would go get coffee and whatever. And I do remember that that was like a big thing where people were like, oh, so you're like drinking coffee now. Oh, mm-hmm. so you're leaving. Oh, mm-hmm. so you're doing this. Oh, so you're wearing tank tops. Like I remember to one my second baby shower. I wore a tank top dress and I was so nervous. I like told Brady, I was like, I'm so scared. What if everyone's judging me? I just am scared. And now I'm like, I would literally show up with a titty out. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah. So it's just crazy how much I've changed in that like time period. Yeah. What was it like emotionally leaving? Because it sounds like you were really connected to it when you were in. Yeah. Was there a lot of grieving? Was there a sense of loss? What did it feel like for you? It was hard. It almost feels like this past life now. So I don't even remember some of the emotions of mm-hmm. leaving. I don't remember that. But I do remember when I was in it, it was it was very hard. It was very, it's confusing. And anybody will relate to that. It's literally like, what am I doing? It feels almost like your life is ending. And there was a point where I was like, 
is my marriage going to make it? Mm -hmm. Like, are we going to make it through this? Should I leave? How am I going to raise my child? There's all these huge questions. So it is a grief. It's a grieving the loss of like a big part of my life. And I think that people would try to discredit that. And this actually like really hurt me was because I was a convert. It was always assumed that I was the weak link. I was the reason that we were leaving. It was because of me and it was easy for me. It was easy for me to leave because my family wasn't Mormon. So cool. Now you could just go back to your old life. But I'm like, like, of course she left. Yes, exactly. It's because of her. Yeah. And I'm like, number one, it was quite the opposite. And number two, it's still hard for us. It's still hard for converts. Like, we still have dedicated years of our lives to this. It was very real for me. It wasn't this facade. Oh, I'm just going to become Mormon and like meet a husband and get married and like, cool, then I'm done with it. Peace out. I thought that that was going to be my entire life. Yeah. Like, I genuinely thought that. Yeah, well, and you were attracted to it from what you've said because it was giving you answers about the most existential questions there are. Yes. So you thought you had found these answers to to be all end all. Where am I going? What's my purpose? And so to have to deconstruct that is going to be massively difficult no matter how long you've been a part of it. For sure. And then there was just, like, the questions of... What do Brady and I agree on? Because obviously leaving is different for each person. For Brady, he had been going through this in his head since he got off his mission. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, since he got off his mission, he was starting to question things. And Brady is one of those people that loved his mission. He loved it for the people he served in Madrid, Spain, for anybody who doesn't know. He loved his mission but it wasn't for like the reasons of the church. He loved his companions. Like he loved the experience. He loved Being Spain. He loved place. the culture. Uh-huh. Like he loved it. That was after he left. I remember that that's kind of his turning point was when he came home. He was kind of like, huh? What am I doing? And also Brady's older brother had already left the church. Oh, and so I will say that's also something we're so grateful for is we kind of had like not like a leader of the pack because I don't even want to say that because it was so also very hard for them. We had almost more people to like what was your experience like? Thank you for like, almost yeah, like going a mentor. First. Like yeah. we kind of saw them partially go through it. That was very comforting. Yeah, but, that's but huge. It wasn't easy. No. And I think people assume because you're the convert, it's like super easy for you to just like go back to your old life. I didn't even like really, I was so young that it's like, it's not like I was like in my 20s. I was young. So this quite literally shaped your whole young a lot adulthood. of who I was, all of my college life, all of my getting married, things like that. I got married in the temple. This was all I basically knew in this like stage of my life. So leaving was a lot of unknowns. Absolutely. And I think in some ways being a convert would make it harder to leave because, and tell me if I'm right here, but it seems like it could be harder to leave because... You made more of a conscious decision to join. Yeah, it wasn't like I was eight years old. And exactly, got baptized. it was like I was. I old chose that this. I could choose exactly. It. So that feels different. I'm curious too if you ever had a sense of. I feel like if it were me, I might feel a sense of uh, pride, almost of like. Oh, I said I was going to do this and people were like, you're going to leave. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then it's like, oh, shit, now I'm leaving. Like people said, like, I wonder if there was that sense too at all. Yeah. And I even had people before I married Brady that were like, please don't marry Brady and then leave. Mm. And I was like, I would never because I genuinely believe I would never. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was very much this confusing. I literally never thought that this would be me. Like, I never thought that I would ever leave. Yeah. So, Well, I think it's really admirable. And you were talking about this with TikTok, too. I feel like you were kind of implying people will be like, oh, you've changed so much. Yeah, and there's multiple reasons for that. Obviously, my lifestyle's changed. Things have changed as I've grown in my career and, like, things like that. But, yeah, a lot of people are like, you're just different. And I'm like, 
for sure. As like, you should be. <laughs> literally. I'm very different, yes. actually. Like, a lot of people will be like, I love seeing your personality because I've only been on TikTok for, like, two years. So mm-hmm. it hasn't even been that long. Mm-hmm. I haven't been on TikTok for, like, five years. Yeah, so I've literally grown in the past two years, like, from who I basically was to who I am now. And I'm still figuring it out. Absolutely. I still, like, feel like I'm still figuring out how to dress, what kind of person I am, and, like, all these things. But I do feel like I finally am so much more confident in, like, my personality and, like, who I am and, like, silly and goofy and whatever. And, like, if people like it, they don't. If they like yeah, it, they like it. Great. If they don't, they don't. Take it or leave like, it, I yeah. will never go back to, like, the quiet because that wasn't me. Anybody totally. who knows me in real life, my sisters, my family, my sisters always now that they watch me take it, they're like, God, I'm so glad that you're like <laughs> finally like being, being yourself. yourself. And yeah. even when I'm off camera, sometimes I'll be with my sister May and we'll like film an Aaron's vlog. And she's like, why the fuck are you not recording the funny shit that you say or like things like that? She's like, you're not even recording the funny parts. Like she jokes <laughs> about it. And I'm like, I know, like, I don't know. Well, yeah. and I feel like that's so normal. I think it's really brave to change. It's really brave to change your mind and say, oh, this was good for me then. And it's not anymore. And I'm going to change my mind. And even though it's hard, there's growing pains. I think that's a really beautiful thing to do. For sure. And it's funny to me that there's such a, I think this is a social media thing, maybe for a lot of reasons too, but people want you to be who you were. I've seen that with even the people that I grew up watching on mm-hmm. YouTube and TikTok. Everyone has the same story. Anybody who I have talked to has gone through the same experience that's in social media. And I get it because these people follow you for one thing. They follow you for who you are. And then as you grow and you change and it can be in, like I said, in multiple ways, it can be personality wise, how you look career wise, your lifestyle changes as you grow, your family changes. You know, people are like, wait, wait, wait. I followed you and you were like this and I expected you to stay like that. But it's like, that's just not, I'm still young. I'm still growing up. And that is a very, and I would hope that everyone's like that. Like, Absolutely. I want to grow and change. I don't want to be where I am right now Absolutely. in a couple of years. Like, yes. I want to continue to grow and change and find myself more. And that's part of being young. But that is the give and take of being on social media. You know, people are like, wait, wait, wait. you were like this and now you're like this. And I'm like, I'm along for the ride too. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah, like, literally. Sorry, I'm a human being. I don't know. So. And I'm going to change. Things are going to change. Yeah. It's weird that people feel entitled to a certain version of you. Yeah. And it's like I really said, I get it. I see both sides. That's who they follow. That's their like comfort. They come to watch you for who they thought that you were. Mm-hmm. I'm growing too and I'm still figuring it out. So yeah, it is almost this like sense of entitlement. But yeah. But like I said, I, I kind of try to like see both sides. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I feel like. Bye bye. <laughs> Wesley wanted to uh, share his thoughts on the matter. Wesley's like, (laughs) Wesley's like, amen. Reach, mother. (laughs) I think that that's really, yeah, like I said, I think it's brave. I think being willing to grow and change and to believe in something very deeply and then change your mind on something is difficult beyond belief, no matter what. And you know what that's like. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I've loved watching your TikToks, following all that, because I was like, wow. This girl is not scared to, like, say it. And, like, every time I watch your videos, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, preach. Like, Thanks. yeah, so yeah, and that's I feel also like, admirable is, like, sharing you. your experience and not caring. Because I know, I know people have to be coming after you and being like, but that's not, because I don't talk about religion that yeah. much on social media. Yeah. But obviously people have questions because they're like, excuse me, you were Mormon. Yeah. Like, that was, like, a big part of my life. Yeah. When I talk about things like that, people will be like, well, but that's not everyone's experience. I'm like, no, but it's my experience. So it is still completely valid. Yeah. Like, so completely. I'm going to share my own experience. Everyone's experience. Your good experience is just as valid as my bad experience. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. And that's not me saying the whole experience was bad. Yeah. Not at all. 
but there were pieces of it totally that I look back on and I'm like that was not normal that was not okay which is your right to have those feelings about it for sure totally you also do a good job at holding space for it like you said it can be a really good thing for what it was and it can still be a really hard thing speaking of that do you feel like since you've left looking back are there things about mormonism that anything specific or anything that comes to mind that you're like eh, i wish that i didn't have that or like that you feel like harmed you in ways that have been difficult to unpack there were just things that i look back on and i'm like almost disappointed in myself for being so blind to things about the lgbtq community like Mm. one of my best friends that was one of my best friends getting into the church Mm. he's gay for him when i joined that was very much a like do you not see my experience too Mm. and i was so blinded to that that i was like no like everyone still loves you now i look back and i'm like why was i so blind to things like that i don't know there's so many things that i'm just i look back on and i'm like i was so i was almost so like blindly following like people would say something i'd be like yeah i agree i didn't even know what my own thoughts were on things it wasn't until brady and i left that we started to form our own opinions politically all the roe v wade when that was going on and that was like on tiktok and i came out about that people were like i had people dm me that were like yeah but you once said And I'm like, Mm. yes, and I did say that, and I will 100% take responsibility and say, yeah, I did used to say that I was 100% pro-life. If you were pro-choice, I was disgusted. That was my thoughts, and now I'm like, absolutely not. That's also a part of me growing. I don't want to, like, blame that on religion, but, like, (laughs) fill in the blank. Like, I don't really know what else to say because it's like, yeah, like, that's why. Because growing up, that is not any of my sister's or my family's opinions. My family is extremely open-minded, extremely accepting. So I didn't really grow up with a lot of that. That was stuff that I gained. That you picked up on. Yes. I remember talking to my sister about a lot of things like that. And she's very opinionated on, like, her beliefs and things like that. So we would have these conversations and it was just very much, like, my opinions were all led by religion. Religion especially a religion like Mormonism, which is a very involved religion, it does, it inevitably has to shape your opinions on real world things. Then there goes into the things of like purity culture. And Mm. I do feel like things like that harmed me. Obviously, Brady and I had urges like that. Me and my ex had urges like that before I met Brady. And I was so shamed. One of my bishops made me tell him literally everything. Mm personal things like did you finish like whatever and i was like punished now you have to fast for 24 hours which at that time i was also going through an eating disorder that's just so like things, but i was like no that's like what needs to be done i was like journaling and was like i feel so much better the weight has been lifted off my shoulders things like that that like now going into my marriage we've been married for almost five years in our sex life we ended up getting married that was literally my first time ever having sex because i did save myself for marriage that's a whole nother thing that you go into is like the shame of like okay i'm told that i can't do it but then all of a sudden i get married and we're supposed to fuck like rabbits yeah and like procreate not and like that's not how it works like (laughs) i'm confused literally yeah (laughs) no and that affects you for that reason also thank god i had both sides because my sisters were like gifting me vibrators at my bachelorette and like teaching me positions and good (laughs) literally my two sisters like demonstrate like do this hell yeah and i'm like thank fucking god yeah. because most of I us didn't have known that nothing. but also grateful because my mom was very open about sex growing up Good. so that was never but when you join the church that's yeah. different so even though you had with your family you had people kind of showing you a different way yeah. more sex positivity that doesn't mean the sex shame of the church is not going to no hit just the same no, probably it's what you're around more yes so although my sister and my mom and all those people are very accepting. Like, I remember when I repented to a bishop, but then I went and my mom and told her what I did. 
And I was like, I messed up. Did it. My mom was like, and you'll do it again, bitch. <laughs> like, you're She's horny. Like, uh, this is how. Welcome goes, to babe. girlhood. Welcome to hormones. Yeah, she literally absolutely. said that. She was like, and you know, you'll probably do it again. And I was like, no, I'm never going to do it again. I was like, no, I'm forgiven. My sins are lifted yeah. and I will not be doing it again. And I was like, okay, <laughs> call me back when you and Brady are together again. Well, it feels like even if you have your mom saying that, that's so nice that at least she's not piling on the guilt. But you no. still think the guilt is coming Can't from imagine. God. So you're probably like, okay, great mom, but you that's don't, a whole new you level don't understand. Yeah. This is actually what God wants for yeah, me. Because my mom was on that whole level of like, well, why are you even repenting to an old man? Like, yeah, why? Oh, like, sure. that was a whole nother thing for her that she was like, I'm confused. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Again, pros and cons. Nice that you have that counterpoint and those different, but also confusing. But also confusing and maybe hard. I can imagine that that could be hard in a relationship while you were still in it because you're probably like, well, no, mom, you don't understand. Yeah. I'm so happy to be talking to you because. I do think I've had a lot of people DM me who are converts and they're like, I almost feel imposter syndrome in the post-Mormon space. If you've gone to an LDS chapel, you can be here. Yeah, no, it touches us all differently and we all have different relationships with it. But I feel like being a convert, you still experienced Mormonism. It still affected you in huge ways. 100%. And I hope people feel that it's deserved. You still have a post-Mormon experience. For sure. I've had a lot of people DM me about it that are like, I'm kind of struggling. I'm leaving. And I'm like, it just, it takes time. It's not going to be easy because even though I didn't have, you know, my family wasn't Mormon, we still do have a lot of family who's LDS. You know, you want to be conscientious of their feelings, but then you also want to like live your life because you're like, I'm an adult. I'm not going to live my life for anybody else. This is literally my life. So it's like this hard balance, but I just always tell them, I'm like, things will get better. Yeah. As time goes on, time really does heal all. Things will get better. You'll grow into yourself more. You'll almost also get past that rebellious stage too. And it'll start to just feel like normal life. Because we went through that stage where like we were hiding alcohol in our underwear drawers when family would come over because we were like, no, we haven't told them yet. Mm -hmm. Like that weird stage. But then you get past that where you're just like, this is my life. Come what may be. Accept me if you want to. Love me if you want to. Because I respect you. Yeah, it will get better. I love that. I think that's such an important message because it does. It gets so much better. I want to ask you as a final question where you feel like you're at now, especially in regards to religion, spirituality stuff. This is such a hard question. Well, not hard. I know my answer. Mm. I'm always so scared of offending mm. people. like, the, And that's like the whole job. I'm always like, what if I say something and it hurts someone's feelings, mm-hmm. which it might. For a while, Brady and I were like, we still kind of believe in some parts of it or whatever. Or like we still believe in this. But now I just feel like I will never be a part of organized religion again. I just personally don't agree with it. Yeah. As much as I want to say I believe in a higher power. I don't know if I do. Yeah. I just am at this stage in my life where I'm cool with floating. Cool. Like and that's literally the way I describe it. Come what may be. And like like I said, it's funny because it's a full circle moment. I was going to say. Where yeah. when I was a kid, that was such a, oh my gosh. Now I I'm literally like, I don't care if I am in a hole in the ground forever or I'm in the sky. It is kingdom, what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Like it is what it is. I'm okay with not believing anything. And that's yeah. where I am right now. So like a lot of people ask me when I talk about it, they're mm. like, so are you religious? And I'm just like, no, I, I just genuinely don't believe it. It doesn't mean that I believe in bad things. It literally just means I literally kind of believe in nothing. Totally. And I'm okay with that. Which is totally fine. Which I used to not be okay with that. That's such an interesting full circle moment because you've had this experience of not having all the answers, feeling like you found them, and then realizing, actually, maybe I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're saying, I feel more peaceful and more content 
not knowing. For sure. And I believe manifestation and like abundance mindset and like positive thoughts and like putting good things into the universe. Do I know what's in the universe? Absolutely not. I believe in stuff like that and that like good things come around to you if you have positive thoughts and if you give and whatever, like you'll get back the positive thoughts that you put out Mm -hmm. and things like that. But religion wise, I just don't believe in anything. I get in my head about that too. And I think it's because at least for me, if you say I'm a Christian, people think you're a good person. <laughs> it's almost like it it feels like, oh, they're Christian, like they're safe. They're Christian. We're good. Yeah. And it feels really scary to say I don't identify as Christian. It's interesting because in my mind where I'm at now, I just don't think there's a correlation between if you believe in God or Jesus and if you're a good person. Or there's not. not. And we've seen trillions of (laughs) of examples even recently of that so I'm like I think that all that matters and my dad is very much like this always growing up as long as you are a good person you want to help others and you have you're just a good just be a good person Mm -hmm. be a good nice person with good intentions that is all that truly matters I feel like in this life like I was saying for a while I relied on like a higher power and like I just need something to lead me but now I'm at this point in my life where I'm just like, I'm okay with being in this limbo. I just don't believe in anything, yeah. but I do believe in being like a yeah. good person and like putting good things out. Back to that theme of growth. You felt like when you were 17, you needed something to ground you and guide you. And now it sounds like you feel comfortable doing that for yourself. Yeah. You feel grounded and you're guiding yourself. And exactly. I think that shows a lot of self-confidence. And I think that's really beautiful that you can now say, and again, to your point, not that it's bad if you feel like having a belief in God or Jesus helps guide you. But for you, you feel like that's not something you need the way you felt like you needed it when you first came to Mormonism. Exactly. And I think that's really cool. There's a lot more peace for me and not having answers and cultivating acceptance around that than being like, what is it? And how am I going to figure out what it is? And how am I going to do the right things to get to the right place or whatever? So I completely agree. And I'm so glad you're willing to talk about this. Yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about it. It's, It's always good almost rehashing my past sometimes and like the stories because like I was saying, almost as time goes on, I forget details and I forget things that happen. So it's like, it's good for me sometimes to have this moment of like, I've come so far. Yeah. And like, I'm so happy with where I'm at now. Like, and I'm sure you have moments like that where you're just like, I've grown so much and it was hard, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. It's fun to reflect on. Yeah. And I think that leaving Mormonism can be such a catalyst for growth too. Not only did you just leave Mormonism, but it helped you grow in a lot of different ways too. And I think it can push us to grow in a lot of ways that even though it's not without its significant challenges, I'm grateful for that part of Mormonism because I feel like leaving Mormonism has really forced me to not only figure out who I am, but to be okay with being who I am even it if really people forces aren't you like to it. like come into yourself yes. and grow into yourself. Yes. And I always say this with, with people who have a public platform, but I just think that it takes a lot of bravery to be on the internet, especially yeah. in the capacity that you're in. And I know you were navigating a lot of this as you were literally blowing up on the internet. Thank you. And that's not easy. <laughs> that's hard because you're not only facing pressure in real life, you're facing pressure on the internet. Yeah. I also admire you learning and growing and changing publicly because I think that's something also that society needs to see women doing. Yes. Yes. And like get okay with women growing and changing. And it's still scary. I feel like I'm still going through this like a random side note, but I still feel like because of religion, I'm still growing through the whole gender roles. I do support my family and I don't feel like I've ever publicly, I do, I am the sole provider for my family. You're the breadwinner. And like, 
that is never ever what I thought and that's not that I'm I'm so proud of myself but that's just never what I thought would happen and that wasn't what Brady and I's marriage was like when we were first married I still feel like I'm growing through those things the empowerment of that and like the hell yeah, I am doing the thing. This is the stage of life we're in right now. And right now I am the breadwinner and my husband is staying home and he is helping around the house. That's the dynamic that works for us. And that's such a non, that's not a norm in the church. Not at all. At all. And I feel like I still get questions where people think that that's crazy. And they're like, Mm. so what does Brady do all day? Nothing. And I'm like, no, he's literally doing the exact same thing that I was doing as like, and and I mean, obviously it's different because I'm doing social media and there's there's so many privileges that come with that. So I want to be very clear about that. My job is not a normal job. I do have the privileges of like, we're both at home and whatever, but he's still doing all the roles that a stay-at-home mom would do. And a stay-at-home mom is literally a whole job and a fucking half. And God knows if Brady had a job as a freelancer with the same flexibility that you have with your job, the questions would be, entirely which he did he had his car detailing business and And he wasn't being asked yeah the the same things that you're being asked i can (laughs) guarantee it yeah no it's almost like i talked about this with kylie and i feel like you and i could talk about this forever but just especially with being on the internet i'm like i want to talk to kylie about yeah oh you we seriously (laughs) need to go all do do something together but the influencing thing is really interesting because i just feel like people discredit it and, and it's still such a new thing. And I do, I will say, I do give people the benefit of the doubt and that of it is still such a new thing that I feel like people are confused about it. But I try to explain influencing in the fact of, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always try to explain it. It is literally just an extension of marketing. We are marketing for these brands. We are an extension of their marketing. So we are like doing that while also sharing our lives. That's how I try to just like explain the job. No, I think of that with influencing all the time. Influencing is creative directing. It's copywriting. It's directing, like film directing, but it's just one person doing it. For sure. And it's a significant amount of marketing skill. That's why advertisers will pay. Yes. Because it works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And to me, again, I just cannot help And yeah, again, there's so many aspects of influencing that I would love to dive into, but I cannot help but think if influencers were primarily men, there would just be a different attitude around it. Well, we were just talking about this earlier. When my husband posted TikTok and he's just like doing the normal, and Brady and I talk about this, this is not me discrediting Brady as a dad, so I want to like also be clear about that. Brady will post a TikTok of him like going on a bike ride with Trig, things that like we do as a family literally every day. I go on bike rides. That's literally just parenting. That is (laughs) literally just parenting. And people will be like, his comment section will just be flooded with positivity. There's zero negativity. When you're a woman and like you post that, I don't even know how, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, there is just, there's always more negativity that comes from it. It's like, if you feed your kid chicken nuggets, why don't you feed them something healthier? But if the dad does, it's like, oh, you're such a great dad for feeding your child. You're such a fun dad. Like, (laughs) you're so amazing. Like, seriously. And I think that extends to influencing too, where it's just the work and the talent of women gets discredited and not just within Mormonism actually on a huge societal level so that just adds I think another element probably to your dynamic where you're a breadwinner and you're doing it in an unconventional way and yes that also adds 
a layer and of and that le- has a whole layer of almost infusion like i feel like brady and i are still like i said i've only been doing this for two years so i feel like brady and i are still working through that whole what is our dynamic because brady only recently stopped working yeah and that's not like i always say i'm like this is a stage of life that's not to say that he's not like he has so many goals and things that he wants to achieve it's just at the time like through our whole marriage brady was always working like three jobs he was doing summer sales he owned his car detailing business he was an electrician for a time he's he was doing home insurance to support us when we had trig he's gone through all the different stages so like I'm sure that there will be a point in time where he goes back to that but right now like this is what works for us but we're still navigating that because influencing is such a interesting job I don't even know how to explain like I was explaining to you as an extension of marketing but sometimes when people ask me like what do you do for work I'm like I almost don't even know how to explain it I'm like I make videos and I post on the internet and I'm lucky enough that it's my job like that's what I do and I'm so grateful for it but yeah it it, that comes with the dynamic at home of like how do you balance that because it's like I'm home but then I have to like go and film an ad it can be difficult to compartmentalize yeah imagine yeah because it's like you're home but you're not home but like you are also home yeah more than the average like once again that's a privilege that comes with the job but it's like so confusing to navigate I the bet. pros obviously outweigh the cons. Well, and it sounds like you and Brady are really communicative about it. Yeah. And I think that's so important. For sure. Because I just think if you stopped working, people wouldn't be like, <gasps> No, it would be like you're Emily stopped mom. working. It'd like, be like, oh, yeah, of course. But for a man to stop working just like carries something so different with it. And I think it all comes down to like the patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the patriarchy. Brady and I talk about this all the time. I talk about this with my yeah. friends. Like, it's just crazy to me that it even has to be justified in that way. Yeah, you almost have to justify it more yeah. and be like, no, he doesn't work, yes. but he does. But and like why. one day he'll change. Like totally. it's like, no, like he's just a stay at home dad yeah. right now. And like we are so lucky to be doing totally. that. And that's just our life right now. Totally. I think that's amazing. And I feel like, again, just forging different paths and doing it publicly is always a really brave thing to do. And I think it gives permission for other people to do the same. And I know that you do that for a lot of people, and I really Thank admire you. it. And I appreciate you so much talking to all of this. Oh my gosh, you're I so I feel sweet. like we're going to turn off the stuff and probably talk for hours more. <laughs> no, literally, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, thank you so, so much. Of course. And this was so fun. Yeah. Did you ever go to girls' camp? Uh, yes, I actually once? did. Did okay. you only go once? I went one time, but I went as like a guest with a friend because okay. at that time I was like a new convert. So I didn't go with my ward. I went with like friends and Gilbert. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, yeah, I yeah. bet. But I was so like you- eating that shit up. Oh, Girls Camp's kind of fun. Yeah, I loved it. Then thank you for coming on Girls Camp of for course. the second time. So, so happy <laughs> to talk to you. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye, guys. G-I-R-L